0: Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee. So if you want 25% off your order and free shipping, head to establishmentcoffee.com.au. Hey fam, how are we today?
2: What Great. Is, How's um, everyone's
1: week been? What's everyone been up to?
2: Mm, not mm. much.
1: CJ, what have you been up to? Um,
2: we've been busy. We've been busy filming every day this you week. Have um, yes. been filming the nutrition course and the APL refereeing course, mm. which has been yeah fun.
1: Now I know why you bring the block upstairs. I didn't yes. know that before.
2: Yes.
3: <laughs> well, every time I <laughs> walk Apparently up here, I'm not tall enough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Rochelle used to have to stand on the the black one. Yeah. That's a real high.
0: <laughs> so yeah, what's it for? Is it just so it cuts out like the desk and stuff? Yeah. So. We clear the, the chairs. Mm.
3: That must be why someone was doing block pulls with just one block the other day.
0: Mm. Mm. Just mm. tapping the one block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I can't remember what it's called. Like people used to purposely do that on bench and squats. Like put two plates on one side and one plate on the other side. What, to w- train what's for the for Imbalances or stability. Ooh. You know, there was a little trend there. Like maybe, I don't know. Eight years ago, or something. Yeah. Uh, hold
3: your horses, wow. Thomas, because we're going to actually get into some of the <laughs> imbalanced <laughs> chat later on. Sick. Can't wait. <laughs> wait. What have you been up to, Tom, bro?
0: Just the same thing. Uh, what CJ just said. Just been recording this stuff all week, and uh, cans opened on Monday, so been watching the crew kill nice. it up there. The gym is very busy right from day one, and um, yeah, it's looking really good up there.
1: Uh, I saw there in the newspaper as well. Yeah, There's an yeah. article on it. That's so yeah, cool. they
0: got a nice little newspaper article. Yeah. That's probably the most exciting thing that's happened for Cairns in the last 23 years. <laughs> <laughs> not a lot going on up there. No offence, Cairns people. I love you. Is, um, is, this the, um, is this out of all the zeros, is this the zero with the
3: most members on day one?
0: Oh, like before the doors open? I want to say yes, but I, I can't remember the exact numbers for Mackay. Mm-hmm. Mackay opened pretty big as well. Um, speaking of Mackay, Matty Bro is heading from Cairns down to Mackay because uh, that's the only gym now that doesn't have some of his art in it. So wow. it's gonna, oh, gonna go finish on. off uh finish off the the tradition of all the zero gyms having Matty Bro art and he's gonna go do do some work down there. That's awesome. Oh good. So Ken
3: it's a tie for Kens and Mackay, who's got the most members from day one. Mm-hmm. Grand Zeros did last. How many how many did we have when you first opened Thomas? Uh
0: on the opening day I signed up zero members. <laughs> <laughs> uh um, no that's a lie Matt Waldron came in and, and filled in the piece of paper on day one I had one member and Josiah Josiah had committed the membership but didn't fill out the paperwork till a little bit later <laughs> 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 what about Southside Southside well the Southside is interesting we bought a gym so like that was already a gym so we inherited some members and then we closed straight away because of COVID that's right that was oh, a wow. so it's hard to count it with Southside mm. Bridget
3: what have you been up to
1: me not much just training the usual nice nothing very exciting yeah just some volume training that's about it
3: how is everyone's training going cj um you're broken
0: aren't you yeah only a little broken and hungry Mm. no
1: yeah (laughs) yeah oh it's (laughs) wednesday
0: heartbroken (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you're counting down the seconds Uh, yeah (laughs) cj gets to eat today
2: i get to eat some real food tonight can't wait
1: what are you gonna have? Have you decided?
0: Uh, <laughs> probably gonna have like a dirty snack packer. Yeah, yeah. Just, just keen on some meat. So oh. he was. Te- I asked him the other day, and he's like, "Oh, we're gonna go to Rubina Town Center and, and sit at this is Italian place and order stuff." And that is gonna be the worst because you'll sit down and then you know you're gonna eat, but you have to wait like mm. half an hour. So yeah, snack no. packs, baby. Ten on minutes. Yeah two kilos food you're gonna feel (laughs) so sick and so satisfied at the same time so worth Uh.
2: so worth um training yeah a little bit broken at the moment can't really squat that well um but everything else has been really good um the hip is feeling gradually better each week which is a a good thing so yeah hopefully we'll be be able to load the squat in no time
0: (laughs) nice 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 tom bro you yeah pretty good Mm -hmm. pretty good um yeah, my, my bench shirt got stolen. A lot of people, a lot of people thought that was satire because I'm a piece of shit on Instagram <laughs> and always sarcastic and just saying dumb things. I it, was one of them. <laughs> so you might ha- you might what have to you, open raw now. Yeah. Until yeah. he told me in person, it was like, "Oh, you know how my shirt got stolen?" I was like, "That was legit." Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> exactly. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wh- when I posted that, that was like maybe 15 minutes after I had realized that my car had been you know, rummage through. And the only thing that mattered to me that was gone was the bench shirt. And I didn't then realize that other stuff was missing. So when I posted that, I said it was just the bench shirt, but they actually took, I think, three odd strength soft suits that I had in the back and they took my original PTC hoodie and a Woolworths bag and maybe some other stuff, but I'm not 100% sure it was in my boot. Um, Very weird though. Imagine um, they might've been powerlifters. That's
1: what I was thinking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Stole a bench shirt and soft suits. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because they would have done it. They would have done it in, well, it was in the middle of the night and they didn't go into the boot. They went into the boot through the back. So what I'm guessing is that they put down the seat and then just reached and grabbed whatever they could find and put it in the bag. But like I have Ritalin in my car because, you know, I'm I'm prescribed Ritalin and I, I carry it around with me everywhere and I have an EpiPen and they found that stuff and they didn't take it. And I have the keys to my house in my car. They found that. They didn't take it. There's some other random stuff that could have had some value to someone else that they could have sold. Didn't take any of that. Like, it, very weird. Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder if they felt bad. Like, as in, if they saw the epipens, like, oh, if we take this, we could well, kill that's someone. It. They were yeah. thoughtful. So maybe they don't thoughtful. take that. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll take his, yeah, yeah. his,
0: his apparel. Like,
2: we're already breaking
1: into his car. We don't want to kill him. Too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so very strange. So if you're listening to this, guys, if you give me the bench shirt back, I'm not angry. <laughs> it won't hurt you much. Uh, just, you know, give me a call. Let's talk about it. Meet re- me at my house. I
3: reckon they rock up with the bench shirt and Thomas goes, no, 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 no. Keep it, keep it, keep it.
0: <laughs> now, yeah. trust me, you guys have this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I, I checked all the bins around my property. I checked the streets because I figured they would have got down the road and been like, what the hell is this? What, what do you even do with this? It's like someone's taken a shade sale and turned it into <laughs> a, a t shirt that doesn't fit properly. It
3: doesn't cover your back. No, yeah, that's
0: pretty much what a bench shirt is.
3: I'd love to be a fly on the wall and see them trying it on yeah. and be like, what the <laughs> fuck is
0: this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyone, I wasn't joking. If you see it come up on Gumtree, size 48, super katana, scoop collar, blue collar with a black shirt, hit me up. Alex Evans has already offered to. Uh, provide his services <laughs> mm. if we do find the perpetrators, so appreciate you, Alex. <laughs> the
3: PI. That's right.
0: Um, all right. What about you? How's your training?
3: Uh, good. Started marathon prep last week. Full trot. Yeah, so awesome.
0: I disagree. long run. Prep started the day your race ended. Ooh, not for me, brother. <laughs> not for me. <laughs>
3: uh, marathon prep started last week, so got some big runs. Got a speed session today. And then a 25K long run this Saturday. Um, so I'm running three to four times a week. Um, oh, I started Jiu-Jitsu. Nice. So I started mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu uh, on Saturday, last Saturday. And I've gone, so altogether, I've gone three times and tomorrow will be my fourth. Mm. Um, so it's pretty fun.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good to see you spending 80% of your wage on clothes for Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Hopefully you can stick to it. <laughs> no, actually, um, yeah, yeah, so. Wait, so does this mean we're going to see you do, like, win a Jiu-Jitsu comp? Total 600 and, and run a, a marathon. marathon, yeah, <laughs> same weekend.
3: Total 600, tap someone out, <laughs> no, and then <laughs> and run Do you know a what, marathon. the most unrealistic thing out of all those would be to win a jiu-jitsu comp. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, um, I was saying last night to my friends. Why?
0: Why would that be unrealistic?
3: Because they're so good, bro. Like it's so technical, I'm having so much fun. But wouldn't you roll with other white belts? No, no, no. They call that the white belt spasm. So, you don't want to roll with white belts. You want to roll with more people experience. Yeah. Because people in the white belts just go hard and don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, I, so, I've been rolling. And it's cool. I've been rolling. So, the first time I went, we did like six two and a half minute rounds and then one seven minute round. The other night, we did um some like, you're in half guard. It's, listen to me using some terminology. Hey. And then you're like practicing defense from there and then we roll after. And I've been doing no gi. So, it's just in the rash vest and like uh, the rash guard and like the the board shorts, the grappling shorts. But I've ordered a gi, so um, that yes. comes as well. And Thomas, I've actually signed up for 12 months.
0: <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so i got to
3: commit because I brought the price right down because it's quite expensive, so I signed up for 12 months. I've got to commit for at least 12 months.
0: You've just got to learn how to sweep the leg, baby. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but I'm having so much fun, so it's really cool. Nice. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Just a little bit of running, uh, a little bit of jujitsu now, and I'm trying to still lift once or twice a week. Mm. Um, all right. I've got a few, actually – we haven't done this yet. What are we grateful for? CJ, what are you grateful for? I already know what you're grateful for. It's your snack pack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tonight I'm going to be very grateful for kebab shops.
2: <laughs> um Oh man, what am I Jeez. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually mind blanked. I am grateful for I'm grateful for a healthy body. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it really sucks not being able to squat. And I never thought I'd ever say that (laughs) because there are moments where I really dislike it and now I'm like, oh, this sucks so much. I don't get to. So yeah, very grateful for when I'm fully able.
0: Mm. Tom Ross. I'm grateful that the people that went through my car didn't take what they could have taken. Yes. Yeah.
3: Do you know what you're also grateful for? What? You've exposed them to powerlifting. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're growing the sport. That's right. Indirectly. That. That's right. I'm out here doing doing my part. God's work. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome. Bridget, what are you grateful for?
1: Uh, I think I've said this one before, but I'm grateful for my apartment. I rearranged everything on the weekend, on the Saturday when it was raining and it's looking beautiful and homey and I'm just really happy there. It's my sanctuary.
0: Nice. Yeah.
3: Um, nice. I am grateful for uh, I, I'm always looking for something new and shiny. So I'm grateful for Jujutsu at the moment. Oh, I knew <laughs> this was coming. This is me in Log Press. Yeah. <laughs> log Press. Uh, no, no, no. It's just something new, and I'm actually really excited. I was kind of, uh, you know, I don't know. I was just kind of a little bit bored. I get bored pretty quickly, which isn't a good thing. But um are you going to get coached by Alex Evans? No, no. He goes to a uh, different gym, oh, oh, a yeah, rival yes. gym. He's going to roll with him. Yeah, yeah, no. He's way too good anyway. <laughs> nice. um yes i'm grateful for that something new that's keeping me uh excited and something to look forward to nice um but what do we have quotes quotes DJ. who's got a quote oh gosh
2: (laughs) no i don't want to butcher it what is it um the man who loves walking will go further than the man who likes a destiny
3: Destination. 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 <laughs> destiny.
2: <laughs> Butchered it anyway.
1: <laughs> destiny.
0: Oh my gosh. It's destiny, guys. Oh. It's
1: all nice. about the journey.
0: Amazing. <laughs> uh, mine is if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with some rain. Ooh. It's Dolly Parton. Really? Yeah.
1: Was it a song or was it just something she said?
0: It's out of my scope of practice. <laughs> <laughs> it's what Google told me. It's probably not even Dolly Parton. It's probably just like AI <laughs> generated. Bridget, what's your quote?
1: Um, Happiness will never come to those who don't appreciate what they already have.
0: Happiness will never come to those who
1: do Appreciate what they already have. So I was thinking about it (coughs) because if me five years ago looked at the life that I have now, they would be blown away. Mm. I would, yeah, just, I couldn't believe it.
0: Yeah, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, I'm living my dream right now. So Mm. I should appreciate it. Appreciate
3: what you have. Thomas, for your quote, did you just type in quote and it was the first thing that came (laughs) up?
0: Why what'd you do? Did you do that? And that was the first thing (laughs) you (laughs) came up. Hey, look. 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 TJ, cut this out. (laughs) Uh, I got one. I typed in best quotes. Best quotes. Well, how do you guys get your quotes? You're not pulling them out of the top of your head. You guys don't remember this stuff from the book you read when you're 13. Don't lie to me. (laughs) We're all doing the same thing. All right. You're Googling it right now. Nah, this is old. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's a previous
3: same search. <laughs> uh, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else.
1: I used that yeah, one. Yeah, that's an old one. That's <laughs> one. <old, that's old. laughs> yeah. Did you type and
3: quote that. as well? My that's favorite that's part is this is by Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't think Booker what T, T said that. What are we going to say when we get to the end of the first page of Google? Oh my god! None of us are going to know what, we, what to do. Oh, that's so good. Book I don't T. know who Booker T is. He's a wrestler. He's
2: a wrestler, <laughs> and he's like
3: a he's like from the hood. He used to be in the uh, Harlem Heat, so he's pretty gangster. So I can't imagine Booker T saying that. Nice. Oh, uh, all right. I've got a few topics here. It's going to oh be um, the
1: end of gosh. this segment. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. All right. So the first one is. Tom, bro, this is for you because you've been coaching the longest out of everyone here. Uh, there's only, well, yeah, you've been coaching the longest. So how to stand out as a coach?
0: Nah, you guys tell me, CJ, what would stand out to you oh, as a, a, in a coach if you were looking for one? Like if you didn't have access to the world's best coaches on your doorstep, what would you be looking for? Oh, man. I think... That was meant to be like a... Sarcastic comment, you were meant to laugh, but now it just makes me sound real arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's how bad it is.
3: I just agreed with you. I was like, that's true.
0: <laughs> What's this? No, oh, no, oh, never mind. mind never oh, mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like let's say um, let's say you hadn't found zero and you're in the market for a powerlifting coach because you're getting into it. What do you what would stand out to you? What would be the things that you would look for? Um
2: I think the first thing Uh, that yeah would catch my eye is results um the results that they'd be getting with athletes or testimonials i think that's a big one is testimonials or if i know anyone who gets coached by that person that's the first thing like uh i always look for that is asking people like oh what's it like being coached under them what do you think this and that like try to get as many opinions as close to the person as i can if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah
0: what about you guys?
1: Well, same as CJ. The first thing I'd look up is the results of their clients, but also the way the coach carries themselves. Like I hate ego and mm-hmm. arrogance. So I'd look for someone who's quite humble and believes in their training and their coaching. And yeah,
0: because
1: mm. anyone can make themselves look good on social media. Anyone can put on a personality, put on an ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um, for me, obviously, like you guys said, it's results come first. It's any like coaching as a service that you're paying for, just like any service. If someone walked out of this barbershop or podcast studio with a shitty haircut, I doubt people would be going, fuck, I need to go get a haircut from him to mm-hmm. see if he's really the shit kind of thing. You just look elsewhere. Uh, if you get a bad burger from somewhere, you go somewhere else. Same thing with coaching. You want to uh, look for someone who gets results. Um,
0: and that's f- interesting. Cause I have insight cause I sit there and I watch CJ cut hair and I know CJ can cut hair, but some people just want really shitty haircuts.
3: Yes, no, no no they want really shitty styles of haircuts. Okay. But you can still do a shitty style haircut, but do it well. Mm. Just mm. like someone can deadlift five hundred kilos and it look like fucking dog shit. <laughs> like it's still a five hundred kilo deadlift, it just look like dog shit, just like CJ when he does those shitty
0: haircuts. Can you just start saying <laughs> no to people? Like when someone comes in like, Bro, I just want a moustache and a shaved <laughs> side of the head and a mullet with a fringe. Just be like, No. <laughs> Why? Go away! Oh, I shouldn't yeah. say that because half the people that train here have that exact. Point. <laughs> Probably <Yes>. by CJ. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Anyway, so. True. Results. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So results. But how to um. Cause, Cause, oh yeah, go. No, for me as well. Like my favourite coaches are the ones that aren't so like egocentric. Oh, thank you. They're not so <laughs> <laughs> um like. <laughs> It's really weird because oh, I'm not trying to bag anyone, but I've just been going down the rabbit hole of Instagram and Reddit. So I've been reading lots of subreddits lately. And for some reason I've been reading subreddits about Steffi Cohen. Mm-hmm. And I've just gone down a rabbit hole about her as a person, seeing all these reviews of her services and the way she carries herself. And I'm just, I always just think to myself, how the fuck does she still uh, attract business? attract clients and things like that and i'm like it's purely result driven because she gets results but she is so i'm not trying to like i feel like this is just out there for everyone to see but she is so egotistical and she just ruins relationships left right and center mm-hmm. she's got a new circle of friends every five seconds and i always think to myself um like how the fuck does she still succeed as a coach kind of thing
0: yeah i mean there's that the, the that's an interesting point because all you guys, the common theme was like, look for results, get get results, but that doesn't actually answer the question. The question was like, how do you how do you stand out as a coach? And uh, you can stand out because think we're talking social media more than anything, right? Because that's mm-hmm. where people yeah, yeah, are yeah. going to see you. You can stand out on social media easily by having a point of difference. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I'm relatively lucky because, um, you know. I was up and coming as a coach in the age where I was a pioneer in online coaching. So I you know, I got a head start uh, just by being one of the first. And excuse me, one of the way that I stood out was conducting myself really professionally from the start. But also I shouldn't be drinking Pepsi on the podcast, sorry. Mm-hmm. But also um being quite technical, no one else was talking about technique, no one else was talking about the importance of technique and no one was doing it with the consistency and nuance that I was. So people liked me because I had this technical difference uh, and I feel kind of bad because the most annoying people on social media right now are the people that are over-technical and I was kind of like that at the start and that's what made me uh, big for, for the most part, I think. Um, but there's so many ways that you can differentiate and stand out Uh, and a lot of them can come at the expense of, uh, a lot of them can, can come out at the expense of how you might want to be seen. Uh, Like you can stand out by just being weird or being a jackass or whatever. Uh, but ultimately standing out, isn't necessarily going to provide longevity in coaching. You still have to have a good product and you still have to get results. Uh, because I mean like there's this cult followings and everything. So, you know, you reference someone like Steffi or there's, there's plenty of names that can come to mind that might rub people up the wrong way or that a, a certain faction of people might not like, but they're still huge and still very popular. There is something about their charisma. There is something about how they present themselves, what they do, how they perform uh, that still draws people to them. And uh, really in this day and age where everyone has such short attention spans, it almost pays off to be ultra polarizing. Like you have to have a group that hates you to have to have an even bigger group that likes you. And even if the even if the hate outweighs the people that love you, in those situations, the people that love you are like cultish. They'll mm. follow you to they'll do exactly what they say, they'll give you their money. The it's crazy. Mm. Like you got people like Liver King. Uh you know, he's got a cult following. Well that's mm. I mean, that's a perfect example of a point of difference. Mm. There are plenty of people doing. There were plenty of people doing what he he does, you know, being jacked, having a message, all of this sort of stuff. But he was doing with such a contrast. Like no one was walking around eating testicles and eating raw liver on camera, and, and you know, taking this 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 list of tenants to the death. You know, um, that that's a perfect example of how to stand out. And you can say good or bad things about the dude, but he nailed the aspect of standing out.
3: Mm. Similar but, people like him, people like Squat University um dr joel seedman mm-hmm. like i don't know i feel like also we're in a little bit of a our own echo chamber we follow pages that confirm our own biases and things like that so we're surrounded uh, by people with similar similar views and opinions to training is that fair to say yeah absolutely i reckon
0: squat university gets a bad rap mm. yeah why does it because i've always liked this stuff i like i uh how do I put this? Uh, I I think for the most part, his message is very positive. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when you're that big, you're an easy target. Mm -hmm. It's easy to pick, pick apart what you do. And some of the things he says, I don't think he's adapted to the times. Like I don't think he's kept up with the reality of things. So on the one hand, it's great that he's stuck to his guns and stuck to his methods and, and stuck to what's made his, his methods and himself huge. On the other hand, some of the stuff that he's talking about is a little outdated. Um, and so I think that's where he cops the most flack, but the flack does not hurt him in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Like the people that are talking shit on him are all, often so small compared to the reach that he has that it doesn't matter. It's crazy.
3: You um you just mentioned before, like you said that you used to speak a little bit too technical. Um, I don't think you spoke too technical. You always spoke in a language that everybody could understand. Um, there are people out there that you, that do sound too smart and then they're also the same people that say I shouldn't have to, you know. They're the ones that are replying to the comments saying I shouldn't have to dumb down my language to speak to you, kind of thing. But you never, you never came across that way. You you always came across very smart, like and you knew, know what you're talking about. But you never used big. Uh, I don't even know how to say it. I don't know if you're. Th- I'm thinking of one person that uses huge words when they talk, and I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? Just talk normally. But that's actually how they
0: talk. So um,
1: maybe that's how they try to stand up.
0: True. <laughs> True, but true, I true. mean, like there's, a, there's an art to that. Like you'll reach a certain demographic if you do speak like that and you'll reach a demographic that can understand you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to reach a broad demographic, the average person can't understand mm-hmm. th- that sort of l- level of detail and that in-depth and, and that those big words. Um, you know, my, my favorite sort of um, business content creator that I listen to has been saying for years to make your language – uh, third grade level mm-hmm. um, and there's apps and like programs that you can put your copy through that will like you know how we use synonyms or whatever to change a word to a smarter word when we're writing an assignment doing mm-hmm. the opposite like taking the words that might be too big and making them simpler uh, which is crazy to think about because the average person doesn't doesn't talk like that doesn't doesn't digest that kind of content Mm-hmm. And like you said about echo chambers, like if you're really interested in like the technical side of things and anatomy and the science of training, you'll start to digest more of that content and you'll start to talk like that. And it will create your own echo chamber where you start to get more and more and more disconnected from the people that you're actually trying to serve, which don't care about that stuff. Like when we're telling someone how to do a bench, us talking about scapular retraction, depression, and using that language over and over is not helpful. Say shoulders, shoulder blades back pinch between your shoulder blades Mm -hmm. that's what they understand they know where their shoulder blade is and they understand pinch it together rich scapular attraction just sounds fucking weird
3: yeah I um recently I've been uh I've been under fire from another coach saying that I was too simple but uh (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna say who that coach is Uh,
0: you're gonna say it to me off
3: air yeah well let's Uh, let's put them on blast baby (laughs) Um, nah, simple as best though well that's what i thought because i was like i don't need to add crazy nuance to this i just want you to jump i'm not going to say all right we're going to start in a yielding phase uh early stance i want your shin i want a negative shin angle i want you to load your hips. it's like nah just jump as high as you can try to get over this thing yeah gonna get results
0: yeah yeah yeah. i mean it's that it's that message that i push with queuing as well the more that people have got invested in all this anatomy stuff the more complicated cueing has become, and cueing should be so simple. Mm. If you're telling someone to do a bicep curl, bend your arm. Lift that thing up towards your shoulders. Like Language like that is going to get someone to do what you want them to do. Then later on, you can get technical and tell, teach them what to squeeze and feel and all that that sort of jazz. But at the start, you just got to get people to move how, how you want them to move. And it's the same thing with sending a message out there to the masses. Write a message that people can understand. If people can understand it, they're more likely to share it. And that's what everyone's chasing on Instagram. They're just chasing the share. Oh yeah, it's, my stuffs on the on, on my on everyone's stories this is so great. It's
3: such a weird, uh, it's such a weird space to be in. A, like I, for me, I'm the, like I thought for a period there I had to push coaching online. I had to start making content and things like that. I'm like, no, I'm way happier when I'm just dedicating my time in person with my face to face clients, doing well with my online clients, and just building from there. Like. I don't know. I like the only reason I feel like lots of people put out content, especially coaches in our industry, it's not for clients. It's for other coaches to see how smart to make them feel validated and, you know, amongst their peers in our industry. They're just trying to sound smart to other coaches.
0: And I- it's it's a, it's also a false belief that if you post a lot, you'll get more clients, you'll mm-hmm. be bigger. If you, oh, sorry, if you have a bigger following, you'll have a bigger business.
3: Yeah, definitely. But um for me like what I think, how to stand out as a coach is just one: be yourself. Uh, I'm nothing like when I think about myself. I'm like because I used to have the belief I needed to be big and jacked. I needed to be a, I needed to look like a powerlifter. Because for me, you know, I've always been on and off with powerlifting. I've never really taken my own powerlifting uh, to any any special heights or anything like that. I've just been pretty average. I'm very average, and I felt like I've just uh, built my. Clientele, or got more clients from just purely being myself,
0: mm-hmm. and being good at what you do. Mm,
3: yeah, like I feel like that's without sounding like a wanker. That's obvious. Now I feel like I am a good coach. Mm. Uh, all my clients get results. Mm-hmm. Uh, my face to face clients love me, and yeah, um, it just comes down to being yourself, mm-hmm. and you know, being uh, what I always think as well, just being. How do I say it? I don't know how to say it. Like not dogmatic in my in our approach, but just believing in the system that we use confident
0: yeah being Being confident without being cocky Mm. yeah that's it um what i would add to this is if you're a coach listening to this and you're like okay well i need to figure out how to stand out you don't need to figure out how to stand out until you figure out who you need to stand out to and i think that's the biggest issue is that people get on instagram get on whatever social media they're using with this desire to stand out and stand out in their mind is just defined by having a bigger following You can have a small following, but if you're following, you stand out to, you'll have a great business if that's your goal with it. So it's like, figure out who you want to stand out to and then create content that talks to them. Exactly like James was just saying, if you are creating content as a coach and it's directed at other coaches and you're trying to get more clients for lifting, you're not going to get many more clients because you're writing the wrong message to the wrong people. Uh, So find out who your people are, craft a message towards them and go ham on it.
3: Because I just think of um, like you walk into a commercial gym, you see some uh, personal trainers that have been there for years and that are busy. They've got back-to-back sessions all day, every day. And you go on Instagram and they've just got a normal Instagram page, no content, no nothing. Mm-hmm. They've purely just built their business, obviously, with time, time, effort, and consistency, just like with anything, but purely just by being themselves and their clients get results.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Let's get this other client on board kind of thing. And they don't have an online presence whatsoever.
0: And I think that's really cool. Mm. I think the only difference there is that if you are in a gym like a commercial gym where there is an inflow of new new people just being there is your way of putting yourself out there and standing out like how you train how you present yourself how you work with your clients that's your advertising and so if your primary form of advertising is online you have to put more effort into that Mm -hmm. Um, that that would that would be the only difference there you just um
3: this is way off topic but you just mentioned like being at the gym and you got an influx of new leads or whatever. So Planet Fitness just opened up.
0: Oh, in Southport. In
3: Southport. Yeah, there's one that's just opened up like right near where I used to live. Sorry, but keep going. So the membership is $5 a week. Yeah, See, Didn't Steve Wayne get it just for free pizza? Yeah. <laughs> so I was saying, I was thinking, how the fuck are they going to, you know, run a business? And I only just thought of it, but they're... Mark, their uh, their marketing strategy is for lazy people yeah. that want to just say they've got a gym membership. A hundred
0: percent. That's a hundred percent what the gym model is built on. That's awesome. For a fact. For a fact. So you think about like the cost that comes with that. Fill their gym with up with amazing equipment. Doesn't get used. Mm. So it's always great. It's always super clean in there. No one goes there. They specifically design their gyms to not allow people who are serious about training. Like they've got their lunk alarms. Mm. Uh, if you're loud or you sweat or whatever, get out.
1: Some of the ones in America, you can't have like the big, like three, four liter drink bottles. You're not allowed to bring those in. Uh. Yeah.
3: I think that's awesome. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. That's so good. Cause like, you know, you know, people when they're like, fuck, all right, I don't really feel like training, but I'd better go do something. Even when we're in those moods, I'll go and do two exercises mm-hmm. and call it a day. Yep. And I feel like that's what everyone will do at Planet Fitness.
0: Yep. 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 So, I mean, like think about this gym, it's the reverse of that. Mm. Like it's specifically catered towards people who aren't lazy, mm. who will show up to the gym membership and there's a premium that comes with that. Uh, and that's why I'm poor and they're rich. <laughs> <laughs> so big changes coming in 2023, baby. <laughs> <laughs> if you deadlift, get out. No deadlifting <laughs> at zero anymore. Oh. No squats above 40 kilos. <laughs> so that's all right, CJ, you're safe. Oh, oh yes. With your hip. <laughs> I'll join you. Geriatric, geriatrics rack in the corner. <laughs> oh. Get Graham's back into do a triple session. She'll smoke us. She, she would. would. She's actually fit.
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for how to stand as a coach. Um, actually, Bridget, do you got anything to add to that before I move on?
1: Um, no, I already said my part.
3: Oh, sweet. My bad. Yeah, James. Sorry, I must. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the fuck my brain's at. All right. Uh, goal setting. The problems with goal setting and how this affects uh, expectations.
0: Uh. What do you yeah. guys think? Do what, you guys set goals? Yeah, I was about mm. to ask everyone the same thing. Mm. I reckon CJ's a goal setter. You f- you strike me as a goal setter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a goal setter. How deep into the goal setting are you? Are you like, a, what are those boards called? Where you put all your like Mood dreams, boards? No. dreams on no. them? <laughs> uh, no. You cut out a, a picture of a Lamborghini uh, for you over here. <laughs> Lancer, Evo, <laughs> <Yes>. Subaru <laughs> WRX, Honda Civic, nah, BRZ, uh, you want to BRZ, yeah. yeah Cut that out, put it on the board.
2: I should, I should. No, uh, not really. Uh, especially when it comes to gym, I'm very, you know, just focused on being like consistent. Like, that's why like uh, when you asked me like what my goals were for this year, it was hard for me to even come up with what I wanted to do by this year. But long term, it's always been 300. But then again, I feel like when I get there, it's not like I'm going to quit powerlifting. Mm. <laughs> for me, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now I want to see what this thing can do. Like, well, how far can we take this? Mm. Um, I just want to see, yeah, that. But uh, but that being said, yeah, of course, I kind of – there's little things in my head that help me, you know. Like, for example, like, I've always wanted to pull 260 with blues. you know, And one day when I pull 300, it will be another blue on there. Yeah. You know? Or the next goal is 270, so it's five reds. Like, that's what I – but it's not really like – I have five red plates on my mirror in the mm. morning. <laughs> like one day helpful, pick that up. So, yeah, it, I, I set little things to help motivate me, but the long-term goal is to sti- like, see how far we can go. Yeah. Bridget? I
1: think it's important to have goals. But like I tell some of my clients, like they want a specific number on a specific date. Say so they have a comp coming up and they're like, okay, I want to squat this by this time. And you only have like three blocks to go. So you've got a strength block transition, then into a peak. Then you don't have much time to gain strength. And I try to tell them that. It's good to have um, like small goals in place, you know, perfecting technique. And like, for example, Scotty. Scotty's doing great. So he's PBing all his lifts. But I have to keep reminding him that he's doing them at a lighter weight. He's dropped down a weight class now. Yeah, nice. And he's not always going to keep shooting up all the time. But yeah, that's like a great goal to have in place. I've told him, you're hitting these numbers now, but you're in a lower weight class. Mm. So yeah, just small goals. Don't always think about the number that's on the bar. Mm-hmm. That's what I keep trying to tell everyone.
3: Um, I do like goal, goal setting to an extent. For myself, I'm really bad at having realistic goals. Um, I'm really bad at, I love fucking... You set the bar high. Yeah, I set the bar really high because I, I do have very high standards for myself. But... what happens for me is it just makes me lose uh, lose enjoyment of the process Mm -hmm. and you know it makes me it really strips it away from me why I started doing this kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, and I really taught myself that with running just to enjoy the process and it doesn't make any session a chore I go out and run I'm like fuck I love this Mm. it's it's a time where I can be by myself Uh, speed sessions it's a time where I can hurt Uh, this long run it's just a time with all my friends to chat and really uh, get some enjoyment out of it there Mm. like um The last time when I was powerlifting, I was prepping really hard, and I just had all these, you know, I was like, I want to do really well at nationals. And, you know, it's a little little bit fucking, um, it's like I've said it before, but it's quite disrespectful to the sport, like me. I haven't competed in X amount of years. I'm like, I want to do this at nationals. It's like, who the fuck gives you the right to say that kind of thing? Um, Which is really weird uh, because then I ended up pulling out, and, you know, so then I failed all my goals just then and there because Mm -hmm. I – I had really, like I said, I wanted to squat 300, hadn't even scored a 250, but you know, that was still a huge goal, but it's like, I need to set the bar a little bit lower or even just enjoy the process a little bit better. Mm. So for me right now, I don't really set any goals. Uh, for me, I'm just trying to find, I get more enjoyment out of consistency at mm. the moment, you know, running four times a week, like ticking boxes kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But once again, like it is important to set goals, but just having realistic goals, mm-hmm. managing your expectations.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, my my take on the matter would be like, goals are great when goals are great. Like goals goals are great if goals are great for you. And I think that's what's that, that's what often miss, gets missed in the conversation. Like you guys would have been exposed to it for the last three weeks with the New Year's stuff. Bunch of people saying, oh, if you don't send any resolutions, that's okay. Or no, actually New Year's is the best time to set resolutions. Like this, this back and forth conversation about who's right. And the reality is, is everyone's right. It's like there is going to be a, subs, a subset of people who don't respond to the idea of goal setting whatsoever. And then another subset of people that have to have goals, otherwise they will not get anything done. And so like, especially for us as coaches, if we don't respect the fact that some people don't have goals and some people do, we're going to miss important conversations. And so if we identify that someone has goals, we have to help them with that goal setting. We have to respect that. If we see that someone doesn't respond to goal setting, and, and that idea, that mind frame, we have to respect that as well and not try to force goals upon them. We can't tell them, oh, you've got no direction. Oh, you know, you have to set a goal. You have to be working towards something. Um, and I learned this just w- with my personal experience because I am not a goal person at all. Like goal setting. I remember as a kid in school when they like, I don't know if they did in Australia, but we used to have to, we had to sheet like, I don't know, once a term or uh, once a year or whatever, where you had to write your goals and then you had to come back to that. The teacher would give it to you six months later and you had to say whether you achieved it or not. And I'd look at it and be like, I don't even remember thinking I wanted to do that thing. I still have them at home. I actually didn't read it too long ago. And one of them was like, build a go-kart. And I was like seven years old. Yeah, build a go-kart. And I would have looked at it and it's like not achieved, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't have the means, no- knowledge, or anything <laughs> that would like equate to building a go-kart. Go kart. So it was just like, I have to write something because the teacher is telling me to write something, and this is what people do. They have goals. So I kind of went through my life, uh, you know, through the schooling life, thinking that I was a loser because I didn't set goals or whatever. Now, as an adult, I've realized uh, goals to me don't mean anything. Um, Goals to me actually close me off to the opportunities that arise through the process in terms of changing directions and having options to do different things. However, I've found a lot of um, solace in the fact that the direction that I need uh, is based on the fact that I constantly want to be better at something. And exactly what James was talking about, falling in love with the process kind of thing, rather than loving the process or not, it's just like my goal is to be doing something to be better at whatever I'm trying to be better at. And so like when I found that, it doesn't matter if there's, a, a a direction for it or a defined end point it's just like my goal is to work on and in whatever that means you know like learn a new song on piano or finish the video game or work work you know like do gym stuff my goal is just to work and so that's cool for me it's like it's like a micro goal it's like a daily goal it's yeah. like i'm living it every day and instead of my previous driving force which was like you're not good enough you're not doing well enough and for, in my head i'm like well that's great I love not doing good enough because now I can work harder. It's just a more more positive version of looking at that. That's cool. But yeah, I I don't think goals are for everyone. Um, However, I think a lot of people would be completely lost, go completely backwards without some sort of goal.
3: Mm. So there you go. Goals aren't bad. Goals aren't good. (laughs) Or they are good or they aren't bad. I don't know. Whatever. It's your interpretation. (laughs) 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 I don't know what the fuck I just said. What nah, I'm it's saying? my
0: fault because I turn everything into some sort of like philosophy, <laughs> <laughs> some sort of like deep philosophy. It's good though. Train, turn it into like, yeah, <laughs> my brain's broken.
1: It's okay to have a goal. Just don't beat yourself up if you don't achieve it. That's it. Yeah.
3: Mm.
0: And if you don't it's achieve it, you're shit at
3: setting
1: goals <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and stop trying. <laughs> well,
0: actually, I, I want to quickly talk to the other side. So I just spoke to like what it's it's okay to not have a goal. It's okay okay to have a goal as well. If you are a goal setter and you're like James and you set like big goals, totally cool with that as well. But you have to look at the process and you have to um be happy with milestones along the way. Like let's say you had done nationals and you hadn't squat squatted two fifty but you wanted to squat three hundred. You committed to that, you got to nationals and you squatted two eighty and you're like fuck, I failed my goal. Mm. I wanted to squat three hundred. It's like You added 40 kilos to your Mm squat. Like you have to set milestones along the way if you're like this big dreamer uh, so you can see the progress that you're making. Otherwise, you'll be blind to the progress and you'll just find yourself in cycles of giving up.
3: Yeah, I've been down that path many a times. Um, All right, next thing. Unilateral exercises. Are they important as we think? And do we need to do them to fix imbalances? Tom Bro?
0: Why am I the one who has to answer it? You
3: answer you're, it. You're the big dog.
0: CJ, you answer it. I
3: don't even know what you
0: unilateral. Become a coach is. and then answer yeah. it. <laughs> 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 Become a coach. CJ does all his haircuts bilateral. <laughs> Bi- <laughs> unilateral just means sing- single leg, single arm sort of stuff. Um, I mean, the, the question needs context, right? If we're talking about powerlifting, I'll answer that mm-hmm. happily. Do unilateral stuff, does unilateral stuff matter for powerlifting? I would say it's good to do unilateral stuff directly impactful for powerlifting, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no, but generally good. General joint health, general balances, general development, general control, general stability, lots of benefits, Uh, general load management, heaps of good stuff come from unilateral exercises. Do we have to fix imbalances? I definitely swing on one side of the pendulum. The pendulum these days is no. Who cares about imbalances? Just move the weight. I work with people who squat 450 kilos and above, you know, I work with people who move serious weight and put everything into, into moving serious weight. And I am more than happy to provide plenty of evidence that getting on top of unilateral imbalances does make a difference. Like when you're at the pointy end of performance, every single gram on the bar matters and every single opportunity to leak power matters. And so if you're just ignoring massive imbalances, you're probably going to not do many favors for that person or for yourself. So absolutely, it matters. Um, it's about lifting more weight. That doesn't necessarily mean, because uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get misunderstood here. If you see a hip twist in a squat, that you that a single leg exercise will fix it, because a lot of these imbalances come from broader issues in the system, like bracing in general or cueing in general. Like a lot of imbalances will disappear and so if you look at someone with an imbalance in a squat or a bench press you chuck them in a unilateral exercise and you see a weakness left to right you can fix that weakness left to right in the unilateral exercise and see no change in the squat or uh, the bench press if you do nothing about the squat or or the bench press so i would say yes they do matter they are important
3: nice i'm going to look at it through a different lens here yeah
0: sporting stuff Uh, right
3: uh not even through that so this is one of my face-to-face sessions Uh uh-huh We were doing Bulgarian split squats. Last set's an AMRAP. Uh She got 13 on one side, 16 on the other. Uh And she started freaking out. She's like, I'm going to be imbalanced. And I said to her, you better wipe your ass with your other hand next time you go to the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) And it made her stop and think. I was like, do you sometimes switch hands when you're riding with your pen just to, you know, balance it out? Do you need to put your seatbelt on with your other hand? Do you guys get where I'm getting it? Yeah, yeah. I was just I was just trying to let her know you're not gonna you're not gonna create any crazy imbalances or you're not gonna drive so much more hypertrophy on one side of your body by doing an extra three reps. Mm. Um, do it's, I? Th- it's an
0: unfair comparison as well it, because you've already done sixteen reps. Like yeah, you're you're tired already.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and um. Like if I look at it through another lens, when I look at it through like variation sec, it's fun. Doing things on one leg is fun. Doing things with one one arm is fun. Um, it's also, for athletes, I like to do a lot of unilateral stuff just for coordination and balance and mm-hmm. things like that. And like you said, Thomas, it's good for load management. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reduce a lot of load. You can, you can drive a really good stimulus without a certain amount of load. Um, and it, to an extent, it doesn't drive as much fatigue. Depends what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, everything's a... Uh, I'm saying everything with a bit of context here. Like you need to know the context behind it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, do I think unilateral exercises are good? Yeah, I think they're fucking awesome. Do you need to do them? Um, do them if you want to. Do you need a bench press? Do it if you want to.
0: <laughs> I, I'm more than happy to against, go against the grain and say as well that um, injuries can arise from unilateral imbalances. Absolutely. And, and, and not taking stock of that and not, not paying attention to that it can be a recipe for disaster. Mm. Imbalances can and do lead to injuries. Not 100%, they always will, but they can lead to injuries and they often do lead to injuries, especially when we're doing you know strength sports stuff. So it's s- silly to ignore them. Get your dog.
1: Um, I get my clients to do unilateral exercises and I like to do them myself. Just on accessories, things like, for example, leg extensions. If I'm doing leg extensions, I can always feel... I'm really imbalanced on my right side. I can always feel my left side doing most of the work. Mm. So that's why I think it's important to do unilateral stuff sometimes. This side sucks. My right side sucks. Mm-hmm. Balance and everything. Muscles mm-hmm. are smaller on that side. So, yeah, I think it's important.
3: Mm, like if you, um, if you watch me jump, I can jump, uh, not very high, but I can jump, looks fine off two feet. I can barely do a calf raise on my right leg
0: is that the Achilles leg?
3: Yeah, So that's Achilles I've snapped twice. Um, and I just did a really, uh, it's just really atrophy. So anyone who's seen me, you'll notice that my right calf is a lot smaller than my left. The like scar tissue around the tendon is quite thick and it's like, I think the word is calcified. Um, so it's a little bit thick. So yeah, my movement like on two legs is fine. Cause I can hide those, uh, imbalances, yeah. but on any unilateral work, any unilateral calf stuff I do, it's, Almost impossible. Mm-hmm. So Jordan's regressed it, uh, right back for me. So I do a two-leg calf raise. I can do the whole stack or whatever. I do one leg. I can't even do like the first plate mm. without bending my knee or having to uh, compensate somewhere else. So yeah, like um, yeah, and I have had lots of injuries since then. Like I've torn my uh, like grade one tears in my hamstring. I've had that uh, like reactive tendinopathy through my Achilles, strain my calf, and it is because that side is super weak. If I was more diligent in doing my unilateral rehab, um, I think it would be a lot better now. Mm. Mm. So in that, through that lens, I think it is very important.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome.
3: Sweet. All right. Uh, next on the agenda. How to train after a poor night's sleep.
0: Just do it. Yeah. yeah. A, a bad sleep doesn't guarantee a bad performance. Mm. Like a string of bad sleeps compared to average? Yeah, sure. Bad performance. But it's just like we always talk about. It's like if you wake up and you're like, oh, I've only slept six hours. I'm going to perform like shit. And you'll perform like shit because mm. you've already told yourself you will. Yeah. Just go in and see how you feel. Mm. Just go train normally. And then you just change your training according to how you feel. Mm.
3: I saw um, Angus Bradley put up a post about those whoop bands. yeah, And um, I thought it was really cool because I've actually fallen down that trap as well, especially with the running. Like I'll go for a zone two run and my heart rate's at 160. And I'm like, fuck, it needs to be down at 150. And then I just slow down for no reason. I'm like, wait, I felt good. I should have just kept going rather than looking at my, uh, you know, at my electronic device, which is telling me how my heart is or oh, how I should be performing kind of thing Yeah. or letting it dictate what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a great book on it all. called I think it's called Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I get the same thing sometimes with my CPAP. And it, it's really hard even knowing that your brain's doing it to switch off from it. Um, because like on the one hand, I might wake up and be like, okay, I'm not I'm not feeling that great and I've had, according to the CPAP, bad sleeps the last four nights and that explains it. But maybe I just feel like crap. Maybe I just haven't eat, been eating well or I've been working extra hard, whatever it may be. Uh, so it's it's easy to be a slave to those numbers and to wake up and be like, oh, no, I only got six hours of sleep or I had this many events of apneas during the night or whatever, you know, HIV or heart rate or whatever other measures you're looking at. Use it for data, tr- track trends over time, but don't don't read into it too much. Like how you feel is what matters. Mm.
3: What do you reckon, CJ? You're a night owl. Do you get much sleep? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I, I do now. I do now. But does it affect your
0: training? Um, that's the biggest lie I've ever heard. You what? do now. What? What do you mean? Compared to when? Uh, well, I don't know. You uh, do now because you're
2: hungry. You're yeah. talking about the last <laughs> 10 days. That's right. <laughs> yes. The last 10 days I've been sleeping so well, <laughs> really well. I'm so tired. Um, I I don't think so. I, I, I agree with what you said. It's just like you just feel it out. I, man, I, I feel like with me, I, I can't go off that because my feelings are the most dishonest part of me. Like <laughs> I can have a bad, you know, bad sleep and then. Um, we'll train and every warm-up feels horrible. But then the top set, mm. great. Mm. So I'm like, I literally cannot trust what how I feel in that way. Um, or even I could be like, man, that set looked terrible. And then I watched the video and it just moved better than it's ever moved. So it's hard for me to kind of go off that. But um, yeah, does one bad sleep? Nah, that I honestly don't think so. May, yeah, like you said, a string of bad sleep, like over time, sure, but... Like one, no, nah. like even now, like the another thing is like, yeah, being on this, um, like Daniel fast, I don't, you know, not eat as much. So I already go into training going, oh, this is going to be a bad sesh because I'm tired and I'm not eating what I usually eat or whatever. And yesterday, like, when I benched, it felt heavy and terrible. But then my accessories, I was pushing more numbers than I ever, <laughs> ever could, uh, usually in a normal sesh that, you know, with normal eating or and in sleep and whatnot. So really, like, it's it's too many variables that control, for me, such a dishonest <laughs> feeling of mine mm. to go off, mm. if that makes sense. Um, so, Yeah probably not the best person to answer
3: <laughs> I, I was thinking the same because i'm a morning person like i start work at i'm up you know before i'm up at around four o'clock six days a week because uh, i start work at like five thirty or 6 and i run early as well on the weekends um but i like if i have a good sleep it's a bonus i'm just used to sleeping really shitty um so for me personally i've never really let it affect anything i do like it's it is fucking annoying. Like sometimes you're like, all right, I've had way too much caffeine. Now I'm just fucking wired. I've had you know a gram of caffeine before 12 o'clock. Now I'm just <laughs> tired and wired. So I feel fucking horrible. But um, yeah, I'm the same as you guys. Just don't let it affect you mm. to an uh, to an extent. Gidge?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't stress too much about sleep. I've trained on bad sleeps all the time. Literally every single comp I've ever done, I have. Haven't had more than four <laughs> hours sleep the night before yeah. and I've peed would every comp. Yeah, that's pretty good cool yeah. one as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, I just don't let it worry me. I just come in and see how I feel and if the weight moves, it moves. Otherwise I'll try and get a good night's sleep the next night. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
2: Otherwise you kinda you can use it as an excuse for a poor performance. Exactly. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like
0: Oh, and I frequently do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 like it's very easy to like when you do have a bad session, oh well I did not sleep that well mm. last night. It's like well
3: you didn't sleep well for the last five <laughs> sessions that you trained and performed well so yeah. Well that's like uh, last week we had a 20k run and one of our mates he went to Juicy Fest. So we went to a festival in Brisbane. Got home at like one, 12.31 so by that, I'm in bed at like 7.38 for a long run. So he is at home at 1.00 getting ready for bed. In bed by one thirty, gets up at 4.30 for a long run I'm like aren't you tired? And he goes uh, I don't really care eh. I'm like that's a fucking great answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love that. Alright, that's pretty much us. Um, I've got a few uh this or that's for you guys. Um you guys can elaborate on them if you like, or you can just just give me a one word answer. Uh first one bodybuilding, golden era, Arnold Schwarzenegger or Franco. Arnold, yes.
1: always.
3: Yeah. Has to be
0: Arnold. Oh, I'm going to say Franco. Franco. Short kings, baby. Short yeah. kings. Yeah, just <laughs> Short kings. Those lats. He did powerlifting. He did strongman. He did like circus style strongman as well. He was the king. Do you remember I had the big poster of him at yep. the old gym? Yeah. yeah I had a massive, a massive poster of him deadlifting at the old gym.
3: Do you know what I was about to say? You know, I said Arnold's full name. I was about to say Joe DeFranco. <laughs> He's a, uh, Bridget CJ. He's a strength and conditioning coach in
0: America. Uh, it's definitely yeah. not him. Um, I, I saw Arnold and, and Franco speak on stage at the Arnold's, like a VIP event in, in 2000 and whatever, 17 at Columbus. That was really cool. Like I, I was cool. in the front row and they were like a few meters away. It was wow. so crazy.
3: Uh, they're both trending right now. Well, one of them's a new trend Burks or Crocs.
1: Well, I don't have Crocs yet, so I have to say Burks, But now I have to get some Crocs because you all have a pair. I want some. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the
0: opposite, so I've never worn Birks. So, uh, and I only got a pair of Crocs over Christmas.
1: I imagine Crocs would be more comfortable. They look really comfortable.
0: They they're not the best for these like chunky wide feet <laughs> i'll admit they're not stretching out real well and it's really annoying because when i push my foot in it pulls my sock on really tight and then it feels oh. real annoying on the <laughs> <laughs> so i'm still i'm still on the fence about crocs i'm enjoying wearing th- wearing them and i really love my gibbets nice nice
1: yeah what, what do you have mario and
0: on that pair i've got mario what's the other thing on there burger where are they should I? be over your shoulder Mario and something. Oh, it's other. Batman. Oh, Mario and Batman, and then the uh, the other one, the other pair is Pokemon theme. So I got the three starters and a Pokeball. Nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> CJ, I mean I've been rocking them for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a veteran.
0: Oh. Yeah, I I got them. He looks down. He's like he's like me with Jordans. He looks down on everyone who's down wearing <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And
2: so you should because. <laughs> I love, like, I've loved Jordans my whole life and now they're such a huge trend, retro Jordans. So so you should because you, you've, yeah, had them when people didn't like them and so, yeah. But, yeah, uh, for me, I I didn't originally get them because I like them. <laughs> I originally got them because it pissed people off. Yeah. <laughs> people hated them and yeah, would, tell, would tell me to take them off and I was like, all right, I'll buy another pair. <laughs> like, if I get to live rent-free in your head, from what i wear on my feet <laughs>
3: i'll no do
2: nice. it <laughs> so yeah i don't I, now now it's a trend and i'm almost like oh i don't know if i want to <laughs> wear these any but no nah, i really uh, i like i like that they've caught on because they are such a hideous
0: shoe so as <laughs> and we all love them now <laughs> as as a diehard supporter of the croc what are your true feelings on like kmart crocs oh i haven't
2: i didn't know they made them
0: yeah, you, haven't can seen buy, them. you can buy cheap Crocs, of course.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's like fake Jordans, you know? <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I don't know if I'd want to
2: mm. be seen
0: wearing mm. <laughs> one of those. Right, James, you are, you've loudly and proudly rocked both.
3: Yeah. Um, I feel like I was a pioneer in the Birkenstock game.
0: Ruin this, Thomas? You're, people, you're a pioneer
3: in every game. It's fucking annoying. <laughs> but ruined. people used to make fun of me for
0: wearing them? Be like, yeah, I'm into Jordans. You're like, oh, yeah, I've been collecting Jordans since I was two years old. <laughs> like, oh, cool. Now I feel <laughs> shit.
3: Um,
0: but yes, definitely a pioneer in the Burt game. So
3: in the Burt game, people used to always hit me with the, this is when the, what are those? <laughs> was yeah, trending. Those? So like, uh, I like Birkenstocks. But at the moment, I've been gifted my Crocs. I don't have the, the standard Crocs with the you know, the sports mode and the covered mm. toes. I just got a pair of slides um, nice. and they'll gift it to me. And they're my favorite piece of footwear at the moment. They're great. Nice. I Love can't the get the them Jivets. off my feet. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm a Crocs guy. Uh, wait, wait, wait.
0: You're, you're, you're the style king. So I want to know like, you know, these things that aren't cool and then become cool like Burks, like Crocs, what's next? Yes. What's J- James's, Jimmy's predictions, Henny's predictions? Salomons. What are Salomons? Uh,
3: so, you know, those Salomon slides that I wear, the ones that look like a Filipino mum shoe.
0: Oh, it's like a, it's like when people stand on the back of their shoes, but it's made like that. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah so Salomon's are going to trend next. Core is going to be the new in thing. Core is like wearing like outdoor technical pieces, uh, like hiking apparel, jackets, technical pants. That's going to trend next.
2: Technical pants,
3: like, like with multiple pockets, zips. Like, yeah, I, I think cargo pants. Mm, is that is that small was to cargo huge pants? in Japan. Yep, no no, so huge yep. in Japan. So they love Gorpcore. You'll notice everyone's wearing Salomons in Japan. Yes. Uh everyone's wearing I'm like the uh Nike ones. ACG which is outdoor like terrain uh all conditions gear. So it's it's going to be it's going to be huge. Mm. You heard it here first. That's yeah. that's the next one. So Salomons are next. Um yeah, that's what I reckon's
0: next. Nice. Mm. Uh a few more this or that. Noto- talk- I wish there were some stocks that I could invest in based on your predictions. <laughs> Sell them in stocks.
3: Um all right, next up is notorious lifts or sabos.
0: I'll just never do a meet again <laughs> if I have to wear either of those shoes. <laughs> yeah, I've I've worn neither.
2: I prefer oh gosh. I prefer the look of Sabos mm. just because they're a high top. And I, I think the slippers look funny. Yeah. But I've never worn either. I deadlift barefooted.
0: Oh, I've worn notorious lifts only because I still for years haven't bothered to get a replacement shoe to deadlift in. Uh, and yeah, I'll go, I'll go Sabo's just for the look as well. But I've never actually what worn What
1: do Sabo's look like? I'm trying to picture them.
0: Kind of like a wrestling shoe. Mm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Ben Polk. Did he wear them? Yeah, Polky wears
0: them. Yeah? Yeah,
3: Ben Polk wears them. Do you know who actually makes them cool? Joe Whitaker. Oh, does he wear them? Yeah, so when I first wanted Sabo's, I was like, oh, Joe Whitaker wears them. I want them. And then I put them on mine and I got no calves or quads. I was like, nah, these look like dog shit. (laughs) (laughs) What What does he wear them for? He wears them for squats. Oh. Hmm. So he wears sabos for squats. And because he's got huge calves and huge quads, they look good. And then when I put mm-hmm. them on with my fucking skinny little legs, I was like, I look like a collegiate wrestler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like an under 60 kilo wrestler. Got to wear the baggy pads over yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so is your vote then notorious?
3: Um, I'm going to go notorious. It has to be. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. This is a year or nah one. People who wear soft suits every session.
0: Yay or nay? Nay. <laughs> nay. You have to- i want to say yes just to go against the grain (laughs) that's definitely no when i was on before social media and you know like if you wanted to we all used to do these logs on different forums and on one of the forums that i was that i was on there was an australian guy in powerlifting it was very rare to just be an australian powerlifting in general like 15 years ago and he would train at like a Uh, like a uni gym or a a commercial gym that was like attached to similar to Runaway Bay or something like that. And he always wore a soft suit in the gym in all of his videos. And everyone used to make fun of him for it online. (laughs) And I was like, I never want to be that guy.
3: (laughs) My favorite is we've got a member here. um, He wears a soft suit when it's training. And Rui- <laughs> he wore it to uni. <laughs> yeah, Anders. Yeah, wa- his- <laughs> he walked into the gym wearing it. I'm like, oh, coat. whoa! Like, normally people put them on when they get to the gym. And then I made the joke. I was like, oh, what you wear that all day? He goes, yeah, just yeah. to uni, I mean, <laughs> huh? Yeah, my coach said. <laughs> yeah, my d- coach said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with. No. <laughs> no. Why? <Not> really? bro. <laughs> bro. What do you mean? <laughs> Just wear normal clothes. People like comp specificity. I'm like, bro, it's a piece of fucking spandex. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing eights today. Yeah. <laughs> comp specificity. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah.
2: It is cool. Like when I see guys like, like juicy lifts, how he's yeah. got like a different soft suit
3: that I was like, oh, why is he repping- Ireland, like, yeah, yeah. oh, got yeah. like different. Don't yeah. get me wrong, like when I, s- it doesn't piss me off that people wear them. No, yeah, no, no. it's yeah, totally, yeah. Fine, totally yeah. fine. I, I like, like. I'm like, <laughs> yo, they like, like yeah. when I see people wearing them in training, like they love powerlifting. Yeah. Mm. They're the reason why I've got a job. Do you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the diehards. So yeah, but for me, it's a nah.
0: If you're wearing it in training, is it more acceptable if you wear it straps down? Yes. Mm.
3: Okay. Yeah. I like that look. The straps down in training. I do, I I do. Yeah. Like that, yeah. That like they mean business, but they they don't mean yeah. business because that's how you wear your
2: equipped stuff when you squat. You have it like straps down.
0: Yeah, that's very different though. <laughs> that's.
3: that's <laughs> but I think that looks cool though. <laughs> I actually like how that looks. So that changes the like the bottom half's briefs and the top is like makes it way tighter. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm. Listen to me, equipped expert. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Um, Absolutely. Wait, I want to. It's not on your list, but I I want to add one. Yes. Deadlifts in competition shirt on or shirt off under soft suit good picks
3: shirt off <laughs> <laughs> um
1: i don't know for everyone else shirt off but i'd leave mine on
3: yeah i'd probably yeah. leave mine on if
0: yeah. I wore soft suit yeah shirt on 100% yeah
3: <laughs> fuck cuz i got the fucking i remember I was seeing myself with it and i was like i'm never doing that again <laughs> i did it in the bathroom here when i first put on my soft suit i remember i was like yeah, sick I think I'm going to go deadless with shirts off. And I looked at myself in the mirror. I'm
0: like, shirt back on, brother. <laughs> you know, I would have been like 60, 40 on off, but ever since your comments around like Andre the Giant a few weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh, na- well, 95% on shirt on.
3: Oh, that's so good. <laughs> All right. Uh, IPF Worlds or the Kern, U- Kern US Open?
0: IPF Worlds, 100%. Mm. Sorry, Kern Open when it was good. I went when it was good and it wasn't good. So, IPF Worlds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: know. I don't know the current US Open. Me either. What, what, all right. It's for, it's for a few years, it was like the thing.
3: Mm. It was like the world... Pro, it was like pro for the world stage kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, we yes, okay. where all the really good lifters okay. went. Okay. Mm. I'm going to say IPF Worlds as well. Mm. Um, For the rest of your life, cool. have a bodybuilding tan, like a spray tan, like you're about to step on stage... Will mm. be pasty white, like proper white, like the, the, to the point where everyone's like, "Fuck, look at how white that guy is." Pasty white, easy. I don't know.
0: Yeah, hard. I don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine walking around with a bodybuilding tan though? You just look like an idiot. Like what What you guys need? You need to. It's a, you can't get it anymore because we don't we don't have the Arnolds. But like if we rewind five years and you guys were all in your roles now and we all went down to Pro roll together. When you fly back from Pro Raw and you're in the airport and all the people from the Arnold's are at the airport and you see the tanned people walking around, guarantee you'll pick pasty white. Yeah. Yeah. You see all the orange people walking around all shredded and oversized shirts. (laughs) You'll be like, yeah, not me. Yeah.
3: All right. uh, Russell or Britt Gibbs. Gibbs. Easy. Gibbs. I don't
0: don't know Gibbs. (laughs) Wow. You
3: need need an education, boy. The greatest... He's a Kiwi. He's an under 83 kilo powerlifter. I'm going to say Brett Gibbs as well. He's the yeah. king. Um, all right. You've got a powerlifting meet. you got a powerlifting meet and you have to pick a meet director to run it for you. You've only got two choices. <laughs> Robert Wilkes or Gracie V? <laughs> Gracie V now or Gracie V then? Uh, Space Cadet Gracie V. Space Cadet Gracie V. Easy.
0: Yeah? Sign me up. Yep. 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 Pre-workout DMT is a mandatory meditation pre and post lift. I'm in <laughs> anything but Robert Wilkes, please. All right. I'm going to say, so I don't want, does Robert Wilkes run really good meets though? Uh, subjective. So, okay. Depends who you are. Yeah. depends what, Depends how much he likes you.
3: That's true. Okay. I'm going to say Gracie V as well.
0: Yeah. And I mean you can go like do do the toad together after the meet. That'll be sick. Lie in a dark room with some blindfolds, hold <laughs> hands. So I don't think you guys know who
3: Gracie V is, no. but she used to uh, run the U- US Kern Opens. Correct. And then um, I think she just caused a little bit too much of a stir in the industry.
1: Yeah, what's the story?
0: uh that's an off-air story ah. mm. okay. <laughs> but now she is very very heavily into psychedelics and uh is not shy about it mm. ah. interesting
3: sweet that's us thank you so much for tuning into uh the zero weakness podcast uh go give us a review on google spotify
0: how many we at i haven't checked for a while
3: yeah I maybe, don't know.
0: maybe i need to do another giveaway
3: i think we should yeah subscribe to us on youtube We
2: are very close to 1,000 subscribers. Oh, yeah. Hit it up. Very close.
0: Hit it up. We got 119 five-star reviews on Spotify. Help us get to 150. Yeah. Sweet. right. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero_weakness underscore weakness, hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.